0: The end of the Kabuto Weapons is happening today. Wah, wah, wah.
1: Somebody called the ambulance already.
0: Okay,
2: that was fun.
3: (laughs) This is Wildcat Dojo Conversations.
2: Hi, everyone. Welcome back. Today, with the help of Sensei Jackie. Hi. Landon. Hi. And Derek. Hello. We're going to bring home this trilogy on the Kabuto Weapons. Well, Derek's been on the show plenty of times, so go to some archived episodes or write us to ask us about him.
0: And your picture's on our webpage if anybody wants to see you, Derek.
2: Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, of course they want to look. <laughs> we have a lot of information to cover today, so we're just going to jump right in. We're going to start out with a three-sectional staff. We mostly used a site called militarywikia.org. Is there a B? I don't or know. I don't really know why. And the A had a space like that, too. Huh. So Sensei Jackie, now that we've wikied it up, start us up.
0: <laughs> okay, Sensei. The weapon, the three-sectional staff, in Japanese is called the San It was originally called the Sanjiegan, and it is known as the triple staff and even the three-part staff.
3: Oh, so I'll add to that. Uh, in China, it's known as Panlong Gun and the Coiling Dragon Staff.
1: Hmm. Coiling Dragon is way cool. And speaking of China, everyone agrees this weapon started there, right? We're happy to report that for once we actually know where it came from. And (laughs) And, there's no debate.
2: Right. Thank you. Thank you for no controversies, right? (laughs) Yes. Did you guys read that it was only recently, 1925-ish, that it was added to the arsenal of Kabuto weapons? Huh. That's cool. And that was according to Black Belt Wiki. And I'll add one more thing. Each one of the pieces is called a stave, S-T-A-V-E, stave.
1: Oh, that's interesting.
3: Hmm, us, us. I'll I'll add also that because of the three staves are connected by the usual rope or chain, uh, it has a cool trick of being able to strike over and or around a shield.
2: I love that fact. Anyway, I watched a great Bruce Lee movie clip on YouTube. The bad guy had the sansetsuken. And he was versing Bruce Lee, who had a tonfa in one hand and nunchucks in the other hand. <laughs> it was a great clip. I totally recommend it. Did you guys check out any clips? I didn't, Sensei, but I'm going to have to go and check that out.
3: Oh, I'll have look at that one. That is, it sounds like an interesting fight right there.
0: That is like uh, the story of Kabuto all in one fight. <laughs> it was fun to watch. <laughs> was... Well, back on track. There's a popular myth, but of course it has no evidence. That the Sunset Sukhan was made popular by a Chinese emperor named Chao Hong in the year 960 of the Common Era. Don't you guys love myths and legends? I think they're pretty cool. I love yes, the myths and definitely. legends
2: part of this show. Yes, I do right, so. Derek? Yes.
1: They're always fun, and you guys can tell us some of the myths and legends that you know.
2: Definitely.
1: Maybe. All right, back on track. I'd like to add, though, that it has historically been made of white oak or Chinese maple. And now it's often made of rattan, bamboo, or even aluminum. And I was really surprised to hear about the aluminum.
2: I'm not surprised to hear about the metals. I haven't seen a, an aluminum three-sectional staff myself. Have you? I have not, but I did think that was really interesting that you know it was aluminum.
3: And I'll say also, uh, did you guys read that each of the three staffs should be the length of the practitioner's arm? and that, And this is important. The diameter of all three staffs together should fit into the palm of the practitioner's hand when closed together.
2: That's interesting. And we've talked about measuring on the body before. Yes. And that, can't you understand how all the sticks have to fit into your hand? So they have to be kind of thin. I mean, mm. you know, you could have a giant's hands. But for generally speaking, I would say each one three quarters of an inch around, that makes the whole thing two and a quarter. and I like what you
1: said, because my hand versus
2: Sensei J's hand exactly. is a big difference. How about this one? When it's extended, it reaches farther than a bow. Mm, that's cool. Oh, wow. Yes.
1: And that's probably why they write that proficiency in bow, escrima, and even the two-sectional staff helps build skill that is needed to use the weapon. So it's cool. It's like there's prerequisites to get to the
2: three-sectional staff. Well, and what it sounds to me is your confidence level grows. Nice. Uh. We can notice that when someone uses an eskrima. Okay. And then moves on to the bow.
1: Us, that's true. Right?
2: Then their confidence, it's, got, it's established on a, on a base. Us. That's us. right. Okay. We have a couple more facts here, and it's all about how you use the weapon. So I'll start. Since we've all hit things with a set of chucks, the four of us have all done that. For us. sure. We know that follow-through is imperative so that the weapon doesn't rebound back toward you. <laughs> us. I know we're giggling because we're sometimes you learn that the hard way. (laughs) Sometimes, just a few. The same thing is true with this staff. If you don't use the velocity and the follow through, ouch! Uh, Ouch. Scarily, that is
0: very true. But one cool thing about the sunset is that it can be used closed, about two to two and a half feet long, and held in the middle and spun. Cool to look at, by the way. Or you can hold it on one end and use it for a full extension. Ooh.
2: So I watched a video of a guy who held it in the middle and did figure eights. Yes. And it is cool to look at. Cool. So I totally oh, wow. recommend it. It's like a two minutes of your life on YouTube. Huh. Okay, you got something here
3: for me, Mr. Derek. Us. I'll also add, uh, it can also be held closed and then shot out. And I like the video on this. It's a move that we do with the Chucks. And again, very
2: cool to see this. That yeah. is cool. I like that visual too, right? Us, oh, and yes. I'm going to finish
1: this one off with the idea that it has joints like a nunchuck so it can trap weapons and also trap the opponent and even wrap all the way around a person.
2: So, and I think it traps quickly. Oh, right? So, I, so it probably also wraps hurts. around. Wraps. And that's a perfect segue to the surusion. Originally, it wasn't weighted rope, but it is a weighted rope or chain. As usual, the history is shaky. But most historians agree it started as a rope with rocks tied to the ends. And now they're mostly made of chain. We'll try to put a picture up on our Twitter feed of a real old one and a newer one so that they could see. I couldn't really find a lot of pictures of real old ones, but we'll see what we can find. Us, I'll look okay?
1: and
0: figure out what's out there. Thank
2: you. Us, That would be nice. And that history
0: totally makes sense. Although there are a lot of weapons that are very similar to this one. A proper surgeon has a weight at one end and some sort of blade at the other end. Mm-hmm. Ooh. It comes in a, a short version called Tan, and it's approximately five feet long. And then it comes in a longer one called Naga, and that is approximately seven feet long.
1: That's really interesting because I was actually talking to my mom the other day about how good of a weapon even like a jump rope is.
2: Oh, yeah. so Very good very useful to have and very compact so you can put it in your purse. Oh,
1: totally. And good thing to hit.
2: Nice. So I got to thinking about the difference between this weapon and the one we know as Minriki Gazari, some people might say. So I searched and Minriki Gazari are chains with weights on both ends. Some of the sites also called this assertion. The point being that the history of this chain or rope is as tangled as an attacker caught up in one. Uh, wah, wah, wah. Okay.
1: <laughs> but here's one that isn't controversial. Because it's so pliable, it's great for concealing and therefore a real terrible surprise for the guy on the other end of it. Ouch.
3: Oh, so I can see that. And another cool thing is that the surgeon moves a lot like a chuck, swinging forward, circular, and wrapping around the opponent. Now that I'm thinking about it, I remember that in the past we've used our OBs in class to simulate this type of weapon.
2: Yeah, I love belt classes. I love belt classes and Us. they were a tradition when I came to karate.
1: Yes I remember So that's been going on playing. a long time. We did even did it in our exercise class the other day. Yes, we
2: did.
3: I feel like we've uh, gone over that in uh, women's self-defense one of the classes you taught uh, using we a love belt love
2: belts like the regular Sears and Robuck belt. right. Oh. Nice. Mm-hmm. I use Sears and Robuck because that is an old joke. Where the one guy says to the other guy, I have a black belt. And the man goes, oh, I have a Sears and Roebuck.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
2: it's an old one, right? Yes. This joke guy that is an older man that tells jokes all the time said, there's no such thing as an old joke, just old listeners.
3: <laughs> ah, that's a good way of thinking about it.
2: Okay. Getting back to what we're supposed to be talking about here. Yes. Let's each name one way to use this weapon. Okay. I'll take the idea that you can wrap it around
0: their legs.
2: Ooh. That's a cool one. Nice. Well,
0: how about how you can extend it away from the body and hit or cut them in the head or neck?
2: Ooh.
3: Nice. And you can catch a weapon or even an arm.
2: Mm. On on the cutting thing, I'm saying yuck. Yuck. Oh. But on the catching thing, I'm saying cool. All right. And I'm finishing with a kind of a yucky one, which is how you can use the wrapping quality around the throat for choking. And
0: since it wasn't that in uh, the movie, The Godfather, they used the garage type. But
2: this isn't a garage. I... And we'll come to garage another day. But anytime you're talking about choking, especially now it's 2020 and there's been a lot of controversy about choking. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we, we try to be a light and fun listen for you. But I am going to say this. If someone is trying to kill you, you've got to defend yourself. And that's that. That's what karate is all about. It's about defending yourself. It's not about being aggressive or any of those other things. So the Garat, also a very cool weapon and also a very carryable weapon. Yes. You can stick it in your pocket. And similar to this weapon. And on that note, isn't it easy to see at this point that it would take a lot of practice to become good with this weapon? Yes, mm-hmm. oh, for mm-hmm. sure. Landon, would you do me a favor and take it home with this last weird fact that we found on a site called akidoblogspot.com? Although, Landon,
0: you remember that we got most of this from a site called rkagb.com.
1: I will remember that. Thank you. Okay, so here it is. Although some sites say this weapon had no practical use, This is weird because the Japanese police adopted it for use in the palace because it was considered sacrilege to spill blood on the palace grounds, and this weapon could stop intruders without cutting
2: them. Hmm. That is mind-boggling. I I can't visualize it. those two juxtaposing things, one site telling me it's not a common weapon and another site saying that the Japanese police had adopted it for the fact that it has ways to stop people without bringing a lot of blood, like knives and guns. Us, us. It is a nice one to end on, isn't it? Us. So okay. goodbye to the surgeon. Bye. Bye. Okay, now we're going to go on to the one that I thought was the most fun, second only to the Techos. Techos. The, the brass knuckles. That was my favorite of all the Kabudos, but this one is my second favorite. Tinbe Roshin. I like the name, Tinbe Roshin. And it, we spell, we found it under the spelling T-I-N-B-E, Roshin, R-O-C-H-I-N. But I also saw it spelled with two E's, T-I-N-B-E-E. So maybe it was a, just a mistype and the guy's finger got stuck on the E. <laughs>
1: it's so funny <laughs> that we start out with a controversy over the spelling of a simple spear and shield. <laughs> I mean, I love it, but Wow.
0: Right, (laughs) it's so true. Uh, Let's do some actual facts, though, about the size and other things. It can be made of various materials, but it's often made of light wood or metal. And here's the part I don't like: traditionally, the shield was made of a real turtle shell. Oh man! I know he died
2: of natural causes, guys. (laughs) I don't think they went turtle hunting for shields. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I know she's really mad at me, Derek.
3: Oh, sorry, Santa Jackie, but more on the size and all, the shield size is kind of small, only about 18 inches from top to bottom, and about 14 from side to side. And the spear is very short too. The length of the shaft is only about 12 to 16 inches. Uh, They say it should be measured against the practitioner's forearm. The spear itself is also tapered so that the shaft is thicker on the end where it's held, this making it easier to handle with one hand.
1: That's interesting because now that's another time where they're measuring it on the body. So, that's cool. But those shields are smaller than I would have thought, don't you guys think?
3: Us. Very much Uh, smaller.
1: Us. That's probably because we usually picture Roman spears and shields, right? You know,
2: Uh, you are right about
0: that. That's true, and they were big for the movies.
2: Do you guys remember how the Romans were famous for being able to create a wall of their shields? Sure. Uh, That's cool. Yeah, and that's not going to happen with an 18-inch turtle shell. No. (laughs) I'm just, With I mean, I mean, I'm just saying it is true, right? Only <laughs> <laughs> if they were in the Wizard of Oz.
1: In <laughs> the monkey scene that you don't like.
2: <laughs> anyway.
1: Okay, anyway, they confirm logic by saying that the sphere is arrow-shaped and that both the sharp end and the butt of the handle are
2: both good for striking. Mm-hmm. Totally logical, right, guys? Uh, it is okay. logical, that's for sure. All the weapons we've researched, by the way, use all of their parts for blocking and for striking. And that's something that I think they get right in most of the movies we see. You guys? Okay. Us, I think so. Yeah. But let's finish this off with two fun-ish facts, according to Wiki Samurai. Will Wiki please make a Wiki and be done? Can but now it's Wiki Military, Wiki, Wiki, Wiki. Wiki Black Belt, and now we're Wiki, 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 Wiki Samurai. Wiki, Wiki. <laughs> This specific sword and shield combo can be tracked as far back as the 14th century. That was the wiki fact. Wow. Oh, wow, and I saw that. And I'll finish this
0: one off with the fact that the same site says that sources argue about
2: which word means spear and which word means shield. Oh my god, yeah, that's hilarious. Isn't it? I, that's pretty funny. <laughs> I, I hope somebody <laughs> knows the answer to this question and they can get with us and tell us which one means which. But I'm telling you, great. that's what it said on the site. That's funny, though. hmm Okay, we're going to rush through these last three Kabuto weapons because I think that most people know a lot about them already. Okay. And we've, we've touched on them in the last few podcasts anyway. They are the Sai, the tunfa, and the Kama. I'm going to start off with the tunfa. It's a handheld stick with a handle sticking out so that the weapon can spin. In the first episode, the first Kabuto episode, I said that I didn't see where the word tunfa meant handle, although we had always learned that it did. Well, I finally thought to look in the Overlook Martial Arts Dictionary, and lo and behold, there it was, handle, right beside the word tunfa. So that's what I get for not going old school and checking a book to begin with. What are you guys going to add? Well, I'll
3: start out. When held by the handle, this weapon spins in circles, or even figure eights, and it has three grip points, the short handle, the long shaft, or even the short piece of the shaft.
0: That's true. And uh, just from experience, I can tell you it takes practice. But when held by the long shaft, the handle can be deadly, tripping an opponent, striking with precise accuracy and deadly force. And like that isn't enough, it can trap the opponent's wrist or other body part in between the handle and either the short or longer shaft.
1: Hmm. And I'll finish this off with this. On a site called Karate Obsession, there was a picture of someone using one to grind grain its original use. I thought that was neat. And it was also used by police, or is also used by police.
2: Yes, it is. And, and I thought it. the picture of the lady grinding the grain was really cool, that's cool. to look at. So work, oh, we'll knows. search. We'll see if we can't find a picture that we can put up. Yes. Yes. As we move on to the side, I'll say that all these weapons hover under the heading, Who Invented It First? So I'm going to start this weapon out by saying this is a Ninja Turtle weapon, so that makes me love it. Now, which one was it?
1: I think that it was Raphael. Lisa told us that. Oh, I remember. I don't think we need to describe it. Just watch a Ninja Turtle movie, or better yet, follow us on Twitter. We're everywhere on the web at Wildcat Dojo, Facebook, website, YouTube, Twitter, and... uh, Did I say website? Yes. You can send us your voicemails at 954-350-1915, or
2: send us your voicemails at Dojo Conversations at AOL.com. I do like a good Ninja Turtle movie, by the way. Does anybody have one they like? Mm. Or are you are you, a, are you an, an old schooler and you prefer the cartoon? Because I do prefer the cartoon. I prefer the cartoon to the movies.
3: Oh, so I like the, the cartoon. prefer
2: better in the, car, in, in the cartoons.
0: What but do I you would think, say?
3: I like the cartoons, but I will say that the original, I think, three Ninja Turtle movies were vastly better than, yeah, say, even the new movie. ones.
2: They were good movies. I liked them. Have you seen any of them, Landon? Landon is a busy man. He doesn't have time for frivolous things like we all do.
3: <laughs>
2: on that note, we're going to move right on, Derek. Where are we headed?
3: Uh, okay, Sensei. Uh, like all other weapons, um, all parts are usable on the side. The long shaft, which is called a blade the butt of the handle, and the wings.
0: Okay, I'll take it home with a fun fact. We mentioned in other episodes that it was used by the Japanese police in the Tokugawa period. I also found that it was supposedly improved by an Okinawan prince named Moto Chohei.
2: Hmm, that's a good one.
0: Us. Us. We
2: love improvements. Okay, we're going to finish it off with a comma. (sighs) Get it? Uh, <laughs> uh, another wah moment? No, it's not a wah You guys are giving me a hard time. I don't
1: want to have to call the wavy once again.
0: <laughs> Who's starting me out here? I think I will. I do think we should give a quick description of this sickle-like weapon. The handles are about 12 inches long with a blade coming out of an end.
3: Uh, I like this fact. Uh, they're sometimes called kai or even double kai, and ones that are dull so not sharpened, are called katakai.
2: I like saying the word katakai. (laughs) Katakai. It sounds like something fun. I'm not sure what. (laughs) No, that's funny.
1: Can I add one more? Please do. The kama is the forerunner to the kusari gama, which is kama attached to a weighted chain or rope, making it kind of crazy.
2: Kind of crazy? What do you mean, kind (laughs) of (laughs) crazy? Like I was visualizing that. Throwing it out like at the end of Minriki Ghazari or at the mm-hmm. end of a Sarujan. Mm. Whoa, mm. right? Mm. I'm just going to take this whole thing home with a shout out to all the black belts in our style who have been creative with these weapons. Master Brown, building an entire seminar around the Tonfa. Thank you. Master Lasorsa with the Kamikata.
1: Thank you, Master Lasorsa.
2: His were really sharp and are really mm. sharp, by the way. That I knew. And most recently, Master Andrew Proctor, building a cotter with Menricky Gazzari, the surgeon. That's nice. super cool. Oh, wow. Excellent, right? Nice. Thank you nice. to all of them. Nice. Thank you. Okay, it's time for us to finish this episode off, guys. We're going to start with our ad for Honor Athletics. Honor Athletics, of course. We appreciate them staying with us all this time. We and you can reach them at honorathletics.com or at?
1: 770-945-5150. And don't forget
0: to mention Wildcat Dojo for your ten percent discount. And when it's you coming up on the
2: And it's coming up on the holidays. So maybe you'll be buying some karate gear and or some sporting gear. My my suggestion is that you call Cynthia. Us. You She's get great, great service. On. I know that's old school nowadays people like it online but support our small businesses and and talk to the owners. Yes. And now right back to you, Derek. You know how much I love having you on. You're a great guest. Oh thank you Cynthia I love being on. It was fun. Us. Oh, so you'll be on again. Oh, it's definitely. He's something. not running away from us. Great. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't scare him away. Okay, Landon, it's time to start goodbyes. All right. Bye,
1: everybody. We'll see you next week.
2: Bye. And I'm signing out tonight. Thanks for
3: being here. Hope you join us again on Wildcat Dojo Conversations.